This is the Roden Fellows Podcast. Capital One is a proud partner of the Roden Fellows Program, which provides opportunities to aspiring sports journalists from historically Black colleges and universities to produce content, including this podcast, throughout the year. Capital One supports this program as part of their larger commitment to the advancement of students from HBCUs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode with the sixth class of ESPN's Anscape Roden Fellows. I am your host, Alexis Black, a multimedia journalism student at North Carolina A&T State University. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my producer and colleague, Zoe Hodge. Hi, everyone. I am Zoe Hodge. I'm a third year strategic communications major on the pre-law track from Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's a pleasure to be with you all today. We have a couple of exciting things to talk with you all about today on this episode, starting with the Sean Taylor quote unquote memorial. So the Washington commanders, you know, the Redskins, the Washington football team, um, they unveiled the Sean Taylor tribute. Um, if you don't know who Sean Taylor is, he was Washington's first round pick in 2004 for the NFL draft. Um, he was a very impactful player on the team and he got shot and killed during an attempted robbery in 2007 in his home. Um, so they made the tribute before the team kicked off against the Falcons on November 27th which was the um, memorial of his death, the anniversary, the 15th anniversary of his death. And so many fans were just shocked about what it was um, as it was simply a glass mannequin covered in mismatch gear. Zoe, what do you think about that? I think it's, it's honestly just quite crazy like you had so many people that were excited um and supported him and came out expecting something totally different so just the fact that it was just underwhelming speaks Mm -hmm. a lot to just their effort to really like commemorating him and like celebrating his life so yeah I think I I don't know I would have expected like the actual statue or something that you could kind of see what he looks like in a way um, so I just thought that oh, whole thing was interesting. And of course, like most of the fans hated it. They, they did not like it at all. But surprisingly, his family liked it a lot. Like his daughter said that um, she loved it. And if you didn't really know, he had on soccer cleats. And most fans were like, why does he have on soccer cleats? But his daughter kind of clarified the motive behind it and said that, the soccer cleats were actually her favorite part because he chose to wear them um, on his own and they were super special to him. And his half-brother, Jamal Johnson, also mentioned that he was honored that his legacy continues to live on in D.C. and he feels that it's just only the first step to the commander's homage to him. Um, Former quarterback RG3 made a post literally stating that he deserved a statue. And I agree with that. And Jamel Hill actually made a tweet comparing the memorial to a display you see in the Nike store. And I thought that was kind of funny because it's very like true. Like he had on a jersey. Um, 
he just it was a mannequin dressed up so it was just like okay this is it but yeah I would just expect more from a a player who um actually changed the team and actually made a big impact on it yeah, I have faith that the commanders will try to continue to pay their respects in the best way um, to Sean Taylor and to keep his legacy alive. So now on to our next segment. So we always talk about the importance of providing HBCU students and alumni with more opportunities. Luckily, Beats by Dre was able to highlight Black creatives through a continuation of their HBCU creators program. So today we're joined by Courtney Fields, one of the students selected to take part in this amazing program. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are y'all? Good. Good. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself, the program you're in, and the latest project that has had over 51,000 views on YouTube. It actually just got to 200 this morning. Uh, 200,000. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. It was 51,000 yesterday. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm Courtney. I'm from Chicago. Uh, I'm a senior multimedia journalism student at NCAT. I got selected to be a writer as a part of the um, Beats Black Creators program. It was, it was about four months long. I spent writing, uh, producing, and just figuring out like wardrobe and casting with my team. Uh, yeah. Wow. Congratulations to all you were able to achieve in these past three months. Um, we're super supportive and proud of you all and just everything you guys have been able to accomplish. Um, so one of our first questions for you is how uh, were you able to manage being in school and being in the program at the same time? Honestly, it was really, really, really difficult. It was probably. Like I used to play basketball um, my first two years of college. And this was this was way more of like a time constraint for me. Uh, If I had to answer how I did it, I really I really couldn't tell you this was this was a new experience for me. I do a lot of writing, but I've never written. um, I've never written a script Mm -hmm. unless it was for like class. And those only be like one to two minutes one to two minutes long so I would say those are really easy it was really difficult trying to trying to like build up this character trying to figure out what what they look like how they act what they wear you know what they listen to mm-hmm. um, it was it, it was crazy it's it's really hard to like try and convince yourself to like believe in what you're creating so mm-hmm. that was that was really a journey for me Okay. So where was the project filmed at? It was filmed in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Over the course of like two days. Two days. Yeah. We didn't really have much time, but mm-hmm. we made it happen. So what would you say outside of like managing your schoolwork and just um, keeping up with everything that you had going on outside of that? What would you say was the hardest part about the process? The hardest part. Um, definitely, like I said, just believing in myself, like this is something I, I never did, but it was always something that I knew I wanted to do. Most of my writing is like really, it's usually really fact-based. Like I do a lot of reviews and critiques and 
I kept telling, like, although that is still creative, I kept telling myself that I wanted to do like more creative writing. And it was just, it was really hard to like believe what I was doing was like good enough, you know, like that was, that was probably the hardest part, like forcing myself to like have faith in my ideas, in my character, in the plot, in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you talk about like believing yourself. What did you learn about yourself? Like after completing the project, going from fifty-one thousand views one day to two hundred thousand. Like, how do you feel about this? Like, like what impact did this make on you? Mm, I feel I feel really fulfilled, and I like actually now feel like a creative. Like. Mm-hmm. Before this, although like I like write for like for publications and I've like interviewed all these artists and I've done all these things, I feel like I wasn't really seen as a creative in a sense. Mm-hmm. And now I do like I feel like I have more of an identity in the industry now. Um and I really just learned that like I can do it, you know, like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but it was still a really fun process, even though it was like, like I was playing mental gym, gymnastics every day, trying to figure this all out. So what was your overall favorite part? My favorite part was definitely being on set. That was my first time ever being on a set like that. Uh, it was really, it was really like, I don't want to say fulfilling again, <laughs> but it was really uh it was really cool to like see everything that I wrote on paper like come to life. Like my first time walking in her room, seeing all her posters and seeing her guitar in the corner, uh seeing her clothes, like seeing ev- literally everything that I wrote was there. So that was probably my favorite moment like being on set and being that was my first time also uh seeing my team in person and like seeing all of my managers and stuff. So that was, that was probably my, my favorite part of this whole process. Can you um explain like the storyline and like where it came from? So the storyline is basically um, an artist. She's deprived of um, inspiration. She is, I believe we had her, um, a film major and, she has this like thesis deadline looming over her and she can't really figure out what to do. She's been stuck for weeks. Um, and then she pretty much, she puts on these Beats headphones and she's transported like into the world mm-hmm. of her character. So like the two girls you see, like they're obviously the same girl, but uh, she is the character in the story mm-hmm. she's writing and she's frustrated at the writer because you know she can't she can't figure out uh-huh. the story like she can't figure out where where she's going mm-hmm. the writer can't figure out where she's going and the um and the character can't figure out where she's going either because you know the writer won't finish the story so mm-hmm. that was kind of like the parallel we try to make and then at the end you see like the finished product like she's on set she sees her vision actualized and that idea pretty much came from us like that that wasn't our first idea at all 
Okay. We, we were stuck for like months on end. We had been through three, four or five ideas. So really it was a story like it was, the story was about all of us, you know, mm-hmm. and that I think that because it kind of I feel like all college students can relate in a way, you know, we had this um, assignment due for our major and we're just stuck. And um, I know me, like I put on headphones to get in another world and just I just think it was just amazing. Like I really loved it a lot. Exactly. Like music, music is the escape for like a lot of people. And again, that's also like a really cool parallel because we were partnering with beats. So there has to be like some, some type of product inclusion in what we're doing. And obviously music is that mm-hmm. great connection to beats. So it really all made sense, especially with me, because that's what music is for me. That's really what I love more than anything. Okay. So what advice would you give students who wish to be in the same shoes as you? Hmm. I don't want to give any cliche advice. <laughs> I guess. You can elaborate more on it. <laughs> uh, advice I would give. Take time. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you, you can start on the cliche and it'll expand. Yeah, because I don't want to be like believers. <laughs> I would say to start early. I feel like... Um, a lot of my writing for like all of my other publications, like all the music journalism I do really helped me out. Um, it really kind of gave me a sense of direction, although it wasn't like, although I didn't have any experience in screenwriting and I really didn't even know that that's what I would be doing when I applied. You know, I just see this beats HBCU opportunity and of course, I'm going to apply. I didn't know that I would be writing a script. Uh, I would say just start early and make sure you're doing the work, even if it like, even if it may not align with what you want to do in the future necessarily or what you think you may want to do. Um, just make sure you're doing something, you know, like never. Don't ever not be writing is what I would say. <laughs> Well, that's great advice. Uh, We really appreciate you for coming out um, and joining us. To our listeners, make sure you guys watch the Black Star short film on YouTube to check it out. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, guys. All righty. So students, we all know uh, there's one week that we dread the most and it's finals week. Um, We're excited that the semester is coming to an end, but finals are basically considered your last chance um, to determine what your final grade in your classes will be. And that's coming up. So, yes. And I just, I feel like the two weeks are just the most stressful weeks of our lives. Um, (laughs) We're just, um, I think it's kind of funny because all of my friends are, now they're going to the library like y'all didn't go to the library awesome. yes trying to cram <laughs> trying to get it done yes so we want to provide you with three special 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 hacks that you can use in order to have a successful finals week 
So coming in at number one, we want you guys to stay energized and remember to try to eat three meals a day, especially breakfast. How you start your day really sets the tone for your performance throughout the rest of the day. So make sure you're getting a good night's rest. You're drinking your water and you're eating um, at least three meals a day. I know it's hard as a college student, but just try to get some food in, Mm -hmm. especially breakfast. That's that's the most important meal of the day. So hack number two, utilize utilize, utilize, utilize your academic resources on campus and your professors, because that's what they're there for. Like reach out and stay connected with anyone who can assist you with learning the material. Even if you feel like you can't, um, you might have missed an assignment earlier in the year. Ask that professor, can you can they open it? Like you never know what they'll say. And you should rather ask and be told no than not ask at all and not know what the outcome would be. Yeah, Alexa, that's super important. Um, just building your network and establishing those um, professional relationships with your professors will help you in the long run. So lastly, uh, the last hack that we have is do not wait until the last minute. Procrastination, I know it eats all of us up, but start studying now. If you know you are behind, be proactive. Take that initiative now to get caught up on any missing assignments, kind of like how Alexis stated, um, or any opportunities to improve your grade, whether that's extra credit, office hours, anything you can do, like don't wait until the last minute because professors and admin are not, they're not going to really try to help you out when you ain't to the last minute. Like it's better to ask now. It's better to start studying now, um, reviewing your material and just becoming familiar with anything you need to know for your final so that you can be prepared. Yes, I know. I just don't. I would hate to go to my final exam and look at the questions and be like, I didn't. I had no idea like this was going to be here. So just make sure y'all are studying. And I really want our listeners who are college students to remember that you can achieve anything you put your mind to as long as you use very strong time management throughout the last few weeks of the semester. Um, Time management has to be on your side. You have to schedule out what work you're like. I do like an hourly thing where I schedule out my work day by day so I know, Okay, right now I need to be doing work for this class right here. I need to be doing work. Um, for this other class but and I also know like one thing that I do that helps me focus on studying is um, being in a quiet place with music playing I really like headphones a lot because I just get the tone out like everything else um, what about you Zoe mm, I would say I like listening to music too that helps me be pro- productive and like just sit down in one spot and really just lock in mm-hmm. like I have to eliminate any distractions, go on, do not disturb. Just really like lock in because it's crunch time. You can't have any distractions trying to study. Like if you know you can't have the TV on in the background, don't have it on in the background because you're not going to get any work done. So just do what you need to do. Um, you know what works best for you. So, you know, we just hope you guys take something away from these hacks. So what are some things you do or should do that help you focus more on your studies? And that's all for today's episode. To our audience, thank you so much for tuning in to us for another episode of the Fellow Podcast. We actually have a special surprise for you at the end. Um, The fellows are going into a segment where we interview our oldest family member. So it's a tape and I want you guys to listen in on it at the end.
Um, we like to give a very special thanks to Courtney Fields for taking the time to be with us and sharing his experience. Extra thanks to Mr. Roden, Parker Owens, and the ESPN Digital Audio content team. Get all of the Roden Fellows podcast episodes and HBCU podcasts by subscribing to the Anscape Listen tab of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go on the Anscape website to look at the latest news and insight from the Roden Fellows. Be safe and have a happy end of the semester. Happy finals. Happy finals. For my oldest family member interview, I decided to talk with my grandmother. Here's the tape. What lessons did you make sure to instill in my mother? That she worked hard and and, and make sure she pay her bills and, <laughs> and, and, and do the right thing if she, she could make it. <laughs> what qualities of her do you see in me? You like you like um, she gets things done. You like nice stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and you and you a go getter. <laughs> mm-hmm. What would you say is your biggest uh, accomplishment in life? Whose biggest accomplishment? Yours. Marrying my husband and having kids, and, and they turn like well, they turn had problems, but and you know, but nothing turned out good, and and you know now everybody's good. So, okay, what advice would you give to people in the younger generation? To work hard and don't spend every dime you got. Make sure you put some money aside. So you could, if you need it, you have it there. But make sure you have a job and you work hard and you make and save save money. Save some money. Don't spend every dime and get your hand on. <laughs>